Hello, I'm Eamon. I'm Steve. I'm Conrad. I'm Steven. And we are Mega City Film Club. And the film club has expanded again. We're back in London. We did promise that we had some other suggestions for films to cover. And I'm here, obviously, with Conrad Lydon from Space Minute 2000. But I'm also with Steve Green and a new addition to the book club and film club, Stephen Stellachini. Welcome Hello. to the, uh, the club. Thanks for having me. Um, so we're in a hidden location, secret location in London, and we're here to talk about two fan films that, of course, you're directly responsible for, the pair of you. We're, we're very sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to get us right to it, because we've got a fair bit to cover. We're going to start with the first film you did together, Judge Minty, not-for-profit fan film from 2013. I, I remember the not-for-profit. For profit bit. <laughs> Very much not for profit. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep emphasising that. Uh, starring Edmund, is it Dean, I pronounce it? Dane. Dane. Edmund Dane, Greg Staples, bunch of 2000 E fans. Written by yourself, Stephen. Uh, initially written by myself. Oh, right. And then rewritten by uh, Michael Carroll. Yeah, help from <laughs> Michael Carroll. So we got, yeah. Lots of help. And of course, uh, I just mentioned quickly Minty, based on the character John Wagner, Mike, Mike McMahon, Prog 147. So the obvious question is, apart from Prog 147, what gave you the idea to do it? Uh, I think the main thing was uh, I'd already started making a film, uh, you know, just a cheap thing. Steve's going to finish it off. That's how old it is right. so <laughs> at the moment. And I just got talking with uh, Dan Carey George about his props, and we were just started saying, "Oh yes, I think uh, I think we've got enough things here to make a little film." And it was originally going to be something a lot. A lot less sort of grand. It was just going to be all in the cursed earth, very few people, minimum sort of storyline. And then, as we were talking about it, Dan met Steve Green at a was it a trade show of some kind? No, it was like a, a place called Monster Mash, I think. Uh, might have been two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Right. Uh, basically, a lot of prosthetics and animatronics types of people showing stuff off. So Dan had a, a stand there where he had like. A judge helmet mm -hmm. and uh, aliens pulse rifle, and uh, I think he had a lawgiver there. Sort yeah. of, uh, so he was showing like the props off there. Was he Planet Replicas at that point? No, no this, this was he had a company called Custom Creations, and there was another one called Gaslight Garage. Uh, but I, I think that wasn't particularly commercial. I think he might have done stuff for advertising agency, but he wasn't selling merchandise or mm. you know, props to the general public. Um, so no, the Planet Replicas stuff came. About a year or two after Minty, or sort right. of like, or kind, kind of after, after time. Yeah, yeah, kind of like while we were sort of like shooting, um, because we had like a, a couple of people offer to sort of like come in costume, like John Burdis and sort of Rob Stewart, uh, which helped enormously for the uh, the long walk sequence. You yeah, know, where, we, where we needed like multiple costumes, and we only had two. Yeah, just <laughs> and and, and, yeah. and Edmund was wearing one of them. Right. Okay. <laughs> Um, so Minty, Judge Minty, as I said, he's in the prog. It's just one issue, I think, oh, Conrad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and, and the story in the prog sort of is what? The first few yeah, minutes first, of the film? Yeah, first quarter of the film, I would yeah. say. Yeah, that Minty is injured and not probably get, up to... Get, get soft, gets right. hurt, and <laughs> forced to take the long walk. That it's, It introduces the concept of the long walk yeah. to, to Dredd as well. Right. He does appear again in a written story in one of the annuals. I think, I think yeah. that was Jack Adrian, sort yeah. of, uh, uh, Chris right. Lauder, sort of uh, scripted one in, in one of the... That's uh, a text story. Sorry, Indeed. Conrad. Yeah, it, does have, it does have some lovely... Uh, Dave Gibbons Dave art. Gibbons artwork. Mm -hmm. And does... I mean, is that anywhere near what you guys did with the Cursed Earth stuff? N no, it would sort of be set well after right. what we... So he, he'd basically settled down and become like the sheriff of a town. Uh, you know, with a gang sort of coming okay. in and mm -hmm. them not knowing that he's an ex-judge and, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. So we were kind of doing the, the in-between bits. So you've got the idea to make... You're, make, you're working on a film. Mm. Dan Carey George has got two costumes. No, he's got, he's got a helmet. A helmet. He's got some bits of a costume. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you meet Steve. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, what, I mean, what was your role in, the, in Minty? Well, I guess, uh, I mean, my role... Initially, was just going to be CGI, VFX, that sort of thing. I'd, I'd done an entirely CGI Mega City one, 
I'm saying it's probably about 20 years ago now. Right. Um, just a kind of little push in. There were like lots of traffic and city blocks and whatever. And I think I might have posted it on the forum and I think Steve might have sort of seen it and gone, oh, right, okay, would you be interested in that? So right. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but then I thought, if I'm going to be doing the CGI on it, I'd probably want to film it. Right. Um, just so I don't end up with sort of like footage that's really, really hard to work with. So it's pure laziness on my part, <laughs> which kind of backfired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was at that stage where cameras were getting a lot better. Right. Like all the consumer, consumer cameras, so high-definition cameras were sort of coming along and... Uh, there was a switch from tape to uh, flashcards, and uh, which just made things uh, you know a lot easier, and you could get something a lot more um, high budget looking. You know, even if it was you know done on a shoestring, it looked a lot better than something that would uh, would have been shot five years before on standard DV cams. And right. uh, you know, so it was. Uh, I think it was that kind of everything sort of came together at the same time, and uh, so yeah, so I ended up basically shooting it and doing pretty much all the effects on it. And Edmund is the he's the professional actor. Yes. yes. Yeah. How did you get him? Uh, well, we 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 sort of looked on all all the sort of uh, websites you could go on to find actors. Right. And we sort of spotted Edmund, and we sort of he was the only one we approached out of maybe ten that we sort of saw. And I, I sort of created a document to sort of say this is what we're doing. This is all about Judge Binty, and we we sent him we sent him a script. And I think in the end of the day, he just basically said. I wanted to stab somebody in the groin and ride a lawmaster. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're your people. I mentioned uh, Harry as well because like, we had uh, yeah. Harry. Saw like was there's a, a promo picture. I think it was done up at Hiax. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was basically kind of like judgmenty before judgmenty. Mm. Right. Before we cast Edmund, uh, while we were kind of pitching it or doing promo for it. And, yeah. Okay. And then of course you got Judge Dredd in this movie. Yes. Played by Greg Staples. Yes. How did you get Greg to do it? Uh, do you think we just asked? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did, did we settled on Magna by, and he was local. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was something along those lines. It was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, did we know him any other way before then? No, because yeah. I mean we'd we'd done a few sort of promo sort of pieces at uh, Bix before mm. we started shooting. Yeah. So that was kind of like the. That was in Birmingham, uh, the Millennium Centre, I think it was called, uh, Think Tank. And uh, that was like the first unveiling of the the costumes. Right. Even though they weren't quite, uh, uh, Dan had thinking about with the, like, the belt buckle and mm. uh, a couple of other bits. Um, so I, I don't think we, we hadn't cast anybody mm. at that, that point. But maybe people were going, oh, these costumes look pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah. And maybe that kind of encouraged. I think that was the reason we went for Judge Minty in the first place, because we didn't want to be scrutinised. On Judge Dread casting, right? You know, it's always yeah. going to get controversial. Yes, yeah. so we thought we'll, we'll avoid that, but it became inevitable that we're going to have to put Judge Dread in there. Yeah, I mean, there was also there was a kind of like a uh, a sort of practical point of if Rebellion or somebody said like, oh, we don't want it to be Dread, you know, Dread's barely in it, or he right. could, or he could be out of focus, or he could be just this kind of. You know, like image that Minty squints and sees, and right. Um, so yeah, the, we didn't want Dread to be sort of like front and centre. No, know. okay. But you've got like the young, tall, lithe, muscular Dread. Yeah. For this one, whereas obviously Minty's at the other end of his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. So you've got how many uniforms did you end up with in the end? Just the two. Just the two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm astonished at the long walk, the the start of the long walk sequence. Then that's all. Well, we shot it twice, right? Because the first time we shot it with the two, we had just basically a bunch of fans come as extras, and we had these jackets. So it was a, one of the hottest days of the year. Just gradually getting more and more sweaty. We're going, oh, we can't ask people to put this on, but they went, oh no, give it here, I'll put it on. So you, you can hear it squelching. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and while we talk about costumes, Edmund had problems with the boots, I gather. Uh, well, yeah, because the basic because they were uh, motorcycle motocross boots, right. so very little walking in. In the end, I think we chopped his up and just put like uh, like, like braces on top of the walking boots. Yeah, I think that that was before we did any cursed earth stuff. Yeah. So I think because the in order, I think the first shoot we did was at Magna mm -hmm. Science Park Rotherham. So that was basically the shootout, the mega city right. sort of stuff. It was also used for some cursed earth stuff. Uh, in the interior um, 
And I think Edmund sort of said, oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing much in that. He basically yeah. just had to, you know, yeah. to walk. And, but obviously, he, he sort of spotted, yeah, I'm not going to be able to trace up and down a Welsh quarry, you know, with these. Which is a fair point. Although, yeah. you know, in sort of like Drudge, Judge Dread Law, yeah. Conrad is going to remind us. The tight boots. Tight boots. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you keep on. Well, listen, with Judge Minty doesn't have tight boots. Yeah. Right. That's why he got soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is what happens when you don't have tight boots. But um, yeah, so I mean that that was the main thing that was changed. Everything else sort of stayed pretty much as is. Yeah. And I think I mean Dan sort of Dan has a really good eye for sort of scale because mm. obviously I mean we've got pads, but they're not as big as you know they get in the comics. You know sure. the, the shoulder yeah, but pads. You can't you can't yeah. have like well I mean one the pads vary wildly. Yeah. From artist to artist, and I think some of those like some of those crazier pads, like you know, can't make the transition to reality. No, <laughs> no it's sort no. of like you know, I mean, you it's, can't, it's, you can't yeah. like look sideways. It's yeah. nice that since then, it's been used as a reference point, and mm. people draw that specific version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sort of, I, I do my little. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I see where that's come from. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, there are some official ones where, like, Greg sort of like, asked to do a photo shoot, like the Dark yeah. Justice yeah. stuff, you know, but it's um, it's quite it's quite cool sort of seeing it kind of spread out into, you know, like the covers or, you know, the strip or... Yeah, because yeah, as you say, getting slightly off topic, Greg Staples famously wants to do Dark Justice with John Wagner and yeah. you'd organised the photo shoot. Yeah, that, yeah, so there's like, a lot of, like, reference photo shoots, so that was with him and uh, Lauren as Anderson. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I mean, basically it was just like reference because I mean, Greg obviously kind of is great with doing lighting and uh, things like that. So it was, it was very flat, sort of boring. It was in a, a room mm. in this mysterious location where, yeah. uh, where it's, uh, like this. yeah, like this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Greg then sort of takes that and go, oh, I'm going to really sort of like, you know, light it like it's a movie. Right. Okay. So obviously it's a fan film and as well as those notable names in the cast, you've got fans, you've got recognisable yeah. fans mm. from, you know, Southern Contingent and other co conventions. How did you recruit people and, and, and how did you wrangle them to all these locations? We just asked. <laughs> <laughs> they, and they turned up, I remember when we were filming in, uh, in Norway, I think it was like the first day of filming, I realised that I've massively underscheduled this and I'm, everything's going to take twice as much time as I've allowed. And I was, you know, just dropped uh, Edmund off at the hotel and going back to the uh, the bunkhouse where we were staying. I think. Came. Yeah, Ed, 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 Edmund was had a had, yeah. had a hotel. Yeah. we were kind of, oh, we you know, we were kind of all like yeah. bunking in together. And right. I was thinking, if I just drove home now, what what's the worst that could happen to me? If we right. wanted to get away from it. But the next day, all the fans turned up, and it, I'm sure one of them must have had like a General Lee sort of horn because they came tearing into this compound, you know. And just you know, brought the entire production to life. It's it's kind of like you know, bringing energy. You know, if you're flagging, yeah, you know, yeah. the fans are sort of. Yeah. Oh really? Like, yeah. There were many conventions in the end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And was, the sort of cursed earth costumes, the sort of mutant gang costumes. They they just turn up in stuff. No, no, no. no, 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 no that was <laughs> I mean, Dan <coughs> tended to do all the hero stuff, all the stuff that was going to be front and centre, but any of the uh, the garbage costumes or background stuff. I got stuck with. Right. So every time we were, we were working on the script and Steve sort of said, oh, I think probably we need another character here, I would go, I'm, I'm not sure we do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's another costume I've got to make, so yeah. I and throw away later. So there was a lot of those you were making then? Yeah, yeah, yeah just, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd really, for a while, my uh, eBay algorithm was uh, quite questionable. <laughs> Rubber masks and uh, all uh, sorts of weird yeah. stuff. Weird jackets. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate all that, you, you know, you got a bunch of themed goons <laughs> Like, oh, this is the surgeon one. Like this guy, you know, he's got a top hat. I think that was it. It was from it was from the Cursed Earth episodes. You know, you just mm -hmm. you picked a guy out. We need a guy with a top hat. We need a, and we made a, a thing. That, yeah, there's a Ronald McDonald in there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we made a. I made. I think everyone's gonna have uh, eat some sort of eagle motif on it. You can't always see it in the film, but everyone's got like a bit of eagle. Yeah. So the idea is that this uh, entire this entire clan. How, you know, Aquila looks like an eagle, yeah. and it's all based on that. So, what's the ultimate prize? Judge eagles and things like that. And also, it's a mirror of sort of like the yes. whole eagle stuff on the uh, the, okay. the mega city sort of thing. So, we do think a lot a lot about this sort of stuff. <laughs> well, over, overthink a lot about this sort of stuff, even if it don't, doesn't come across. No, it does. Um, you mentioned also 
the Welsh quarry. Yes. Because if you're making British science fiction, you have at some point to go and be in a quarry, don't you? I know where they all are, <laughs> all over the country. <laughs> so what, how was it finding the locations and then getting everybody there and getting it all sorted? That must have been a big thing. Yeah, logistics i think that's why it took four years was basically logistics and saving up money because you know spread over four years the budget's not much but if we'd have done it in like a short period it'd have been too much yeah mm. and because you yes you sort of like you've given it away then because you were talking about this next door four years yeah in production yeah right i mean the the, the four years includes you know scripts and everything else maybe two two years actually filming and that's the worst part because you know People have other commitments, people drop out. That's another reason why we went, all the gang, Got mask, mask them yeah. up in case somebody mm -hmm. can't make it. I'm I'm sometimes in there, Dan Kerry George is sometimes a, a mutant, you know. Yeah. Uh, we really okay. have to mix it up. You yeah. can put somebody different behind the mask, yeah. Especially okay. when, you know, they walk off one set and they're in Wales, they're in a quarry in Wales. They walk into the next scene, they're in a quarry down in Portland in Dorset. Right. It's like getting the same people to turn up. Uh, continuity. Yeah. Okay. And Edmund, as the professional actor, what did he make of it all? This sort of science fiction comic stuff. He was. He was. He enjoyed. He was, it. He was a total pro was all he? the time. Yeah. I think. He, I think he just said that uh, like uh, a lot of pro actors would be moaning about the rain or not having mm. the sort of like, the home comforts or yeah. things like that, whereas the fans just didn't care. Yeah. Know, sort of. Uh, but yeah, Ed, 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 Edmund was great. You know, and he's. I think he just enjoyed that sort of like I can be this sort of. Uh, you know, badass sort of like, you know, ex-judge and, uh, right. uh, yeah, I think it was just something different, you know, some something that you wouldn't normally expect to get, you know, okay. get that kind it of role. Was, it was sort of strange dealing with somebody who was so prepared because he was like, uh, he said some, uh, a line of scripts when he was acting, I said, so, I don't think that's right, I, went, I think it is, I went back to the script and went, oh yeah, you are right, <laughs> and I'd written it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he must have enjoyed it because he comes back for the next film, which we'll talk about in a minute. I've forgotten the running time. How long is the film? It's about 27 minutes. 27 minutes. minutes. Yeah, I thought it was about half an hour. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's mainly Steve's fault, though. It was a lot shorter, but kept, <laughs> Steve kept adding stuff. But as he was having to do it, I thought, well, that's... I yeah, I mean, originally the, the bike, the, the whole opening scene was going to be a lot more truncated. Mm. Basically a kind of random sort of flashes of right. stuff going on and... Uh, Things like that. I mean, we did probably push it a little bit. It's a mm. bit Tom and Jerry kitchen. Thing, you know, where it's this endless, you know, bar oh, chase right, where yeah, he's yeah, just like, like how far away is he? Sort of? <laughs> like Blue Thunder time where he's on the real tracks. Like yeah, yeah. 30 seconds, it lasts forever sort of thing. Okay, I'm going to throw it over to Conrad. We're going to get the fans' reaction because oh, no. I brought a fan with me. So. Oh, what, I mean, before we ask these two Steves about what was the fan reaction, what do you make of the film? I mean, I, I love Judgment T. I think it's really, it's it's a it's a it's a film that I've used to sort of I don't know explain dread to people. Right. I guess like you know I mean especially um, from you know in the states there's not a lot of institutional knowledge about dread. Sort of he's not sort of, he's not a character that people kind of know. You know maybe they know the Stallone movie or something like that. I think you know. I really like the film, yeah, as sort of, on its own, just as a way of sort of like, here's like, sort of, not, like, sort of more serious, more like sort of real thing or something yeah. that people can eat, can read, uh, or can watch to kind of get a sense of it. But I like, I like, you know, it's just, it feel, I think it's just, it's a fun movie that, you know, is something that it feels like the labor of love that yes. I think you guys <laughs> have put the work into it. I think it, especially like in those opening Mega City One scenes, where there's so much, um, oh, I forget what you call it, but where it's just like, like where it's so thick with references yes. and all these little things, you know, like each, like, it's like here's your, here's your Easter eggs, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Fill, fill it's, your it's, 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 it's a yeah. shotgun blast of just like, you know, every scene that has like, you like, you know, a couple like signs that mm. are things, or you like the radio chatter, where it's like, oh, you're like, oh, I mean, that, that's one thing. I mean, we haven't sort of mentioned is like how much the the audio sort of like added to it. So, so there's like Jared mm. Butler and his team sort of like doing all the radio chatter and sort of and, and Mike Carroll writing the, the dialogue for that, and that kind of like, I think that elevated yeah. everything up. Right. Yeah, I think that um, adds just a, a depth of the. Uh, of like making it like realistic or yeah. like I mean, when, we, when we received it back we thought 
we should have just done the film based on just this chatter. Right. Okay. <laughs> and also, uh, Travis Heffron, you know, yeah. did a, a fantastic job, and like, I feel like it's on the score. Like, yeah. But like, you know, when we were mixing the sound, and like and Travis was like, like, you're putting so much work into this, yeah. you know, and it, it really sort of, it really sells it. Because I think that's a lot of the time where you could have the, the, the most beautifully shot sort of like fan mm-hmm. film, but if the audio's terrible. Or, not, or, or a bit sort of like cheap then that's where it falls in analogue as well you know he wasn't like you know making stuff digitally he was like you know boots were boots on gravel sort right. of thing he was borrowing the boots <laughs> sort of thing and he was mixing it improperly it was like I think you're just you're using it as an excuse to try some old techniques I think oh okay yeah. I mean I think it's the best version of Dread and Mega City 1 on screen and Conrad and I have talked about the other mm. two films yeah um, I think it's the one that is like it feels the most direct from from <clears throat> direct from the comics. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I think it, the Stallone version, there's sort of I don't know. It's like it feels like it comes through a lens or something like that in the Stallone version or something like they're trying to movie it up somehow. And then the car, and then the 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 2012 version feels like they're then going from this like it feels like almost an evolution from the Stallone version yeah. to become a a different thing entirely. You know. Yeah. I mean, I thought the decision to, to sort of, in a way, see what happens to Minty at the end of the comic, you know, he steps mm. out of the frame in a way, so what happens next? And yeah. I thought that was brilliant that we get to see it. I think there was a bit of, bit of direction we gave Edmund. It, it's probably a, it's probably not actually there, but in that actual frame, it's a very small frame. It looks like he's smiling. Right. So I, said, I gave that to him and said, you know, you, know, you look like you're smiling, a little, little, little bit of smile to yourself as you're walking out the, out the gate. It looked well. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like that sort of uh, that shot. Um, I just remember us uh, doing the carrying like little bits of polystyrene when the doors opened. Yeah, <laughs> so we had the lights all on Edmund, and we were just sort of literally me and Steve with like a couple of bits of polystyrene to sort of block the light. Right, and okay. just sort of like you know doing that and going, oh yeah, that's great. You know, it's like cheapest chips all our way of doing it, but uh, yeah, yeah make you know, the doors opening presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, and. The fan reaction generally, I mean, it must be universally loved, isn't it? It's re- extremely positive. I mean, we were, we were, because people can be very, um, I won't say critical, I'll say passionate. Yeah. Passionate about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We were expecting, I was expecting to get slated a little bit, but it was very positive. Right. I think, I think the worst thing was kind of like when your work is used to bash other work. So, like, you right. know, people go, oh, yeah, this is much better than, hmm. you know, so, but they really go to town on that sort of thing. Why couldn't it have been like that? You know, whereas, you know, it's like, it's a, say, like the, um, uh, the Carl Urban sort of like Dread, it's like, yeah, you're pitching it to a big audience. We're doing a fan film, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like comparing apples and oranges, you know, mm. we're not reliant on whether this makes money or, you know, we can't mm. make any money on it. So, you know, we're free to just, you know, suit ourselves and, mm. uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, we're not going to ask you the question, but obviously it's a passion project and not for profit. It's cost you two guys quite a bit of money, I'm mm. guessing. Yeah, know? I mean, the, between the three of us, I mean, Dan obviously put in a lot of effort as well and lots of time. Right, and the two uniforms. Yeah, two yeah. Uniforms. Well, the, one of the uniforms was uh, he got to take that to... Uh, who was a DNA. It? A DNA, yeah, to, to show them it before they were sort of... I think they were, they were actually already in the middle of creating theirs, as well. Right. But I think it was just basically to sort of see what elements of the comic stuff would work for, for you know for that um so i think like the green i think originally they weren't going to go with any green on the um uh, the carl urban one so actually i think that kind of sort of came from and they did borrow the helmet for a while uh i don't know whether they made any difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plenty of options. yeah yeah so it's uh i think it's just that kind of thing you know obviously they you know i remember alex carl sort of saying you know oh you know we can't have that big eagle because you might be snagging it on curtains and mm like that but right. I think a lot of it is not necessarily necessarily the practicalities it's just like what the rest of the world yeah. looks like yeah so you know if, if you do that you know if you have like you know all the ostentatious sort of like comic stuff then you got to follow that through with all the other costumes yeah. everything else or, is all the yeah. set dressing Match, all the vehicles the eagle, and yeah. things like that so you know but because the bulk of our stuff was set out in the cursed earth mm. yeah you know it's like you can't really sort of like change the a, a quarry to, you know, to yeah. be sort of like, you know, in tone. It's a quarry, you know, it's sort of, uh, we can stick a few wreck buildings and, you know, that's it. How have Rebellion been on the two projects? I think on Judge Midsy, they were very, very supportive, very positive. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Okay. Um, Annie, when you look back at any sort of passion project of your own, you always see bits and pieces, I'm guessing, that you think, oh, I wish I could have 
change that or whatever. Is, do, are there bits that you would like to have done differently? Or Well, I think that was the main reason I sort of got involved with the Strontium Dog film, because I was sort of like, never again, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> and it was sort of, uh, it was a case of, there, there, was, there were a number of things, I don't know if you see them on screen, because Steve glossed over them all, but you know, just not allowing enough time to do things, just that sort of thing, and not things not being planned properly, and I wanted to maybe address that, but you can't really see it on screen. Yeah. You know, learn from the old mistakes and make completely new ones. <laughs> yeah. I think you can be quite hard on your pastel, as I like when, you know, your pastel was uh, freezing their arse off on, yeah. you know, Welsh mountainside and yeah. making whatever decisions at the time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I probably would have liked to have used more of Magna in the Mega City stuff. I don't think I got the best out of it. Yeah, looking back at it, and I mean, we did like reccees and sort of things like that before beforehand. And I looked at the recce and I go, "Oh yeah, that was a much better camera angle than what we <laughs> ended up shooting," you know. And it's um, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, little bits and sort of pieces and things like that. But uh, the, the it's a lot of it mainly seems to be go, "Oh, I wish I had that little that light or mm. you know that bit of camera gear," you know, sort of uh, there. But I think uh, you know, considering. I, th- I think the main thing was, and we we didn't learn this on the Strong Team Dog one, was oh we we need some people to help us, yeah, you know like runners and sort of yeah. things like that. It's I think it's one thing to ask people to be on camera, you know, and sort of do that enthusiasm, but you know to be sort of basically doing all the sort of uh, you know okay. all, all, the, that, all the other work, and that sometimes meant that because I was the point of contact, I'd be the guy running off set to, to change the keys because the lock's broken in the quarry or get, you know, oh, I'm going to run out of sandwiches. Yeah. You know, director goes and gets the sandwiches. It's not, it doesn't really work out properly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's trying, I mean, the main thing is trying to strike that balance between like, if you're a big production, then people, you know, might not sort of uh, agree to let you use the, the land or the want more, yeah. you know, whereas if you go, obviously these guys, you know, have got no money. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's like short of having like a you know like a hobo sort of like you know stick over the shoulder and you know not as hanky sort of thing. You know, it's like uh, we couldn't have looked more impoverished. I think better cars would have uh, or a four wheel drive sort of thing yeah. for for Denorwick would have uh, yeah. that probably would have been the main sort of thing. Lots of scraped bottoms yeah, of yeah, car, yeah. you know. So uh, I'll just say judgminty.com. You can go there. Yeah, you can yeah, watch yeah, the film. It's still, it's still there. It's fantastic, and you got lots of details about it up there as well. Let's turn to. Uh, 2016, Search Destroyer, Strontium Dog and Star-Lord fan film, I think, to give it its full title. <laughs> now, this time, you, you wrote it together. Yeah. yeah. And directed it together. Yeah. Um, how long of a gap was there between, you know, finishing one and starting thinking about the next Not one? A lot. Not a lot. <laughs> um, basically, we, we, we sort of toyed with the idea of doing a Road Trooper um, trailer. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, basically, something that was manageable and... Uh, uh, I think like Steve, sort of, you're more of a Rogue Trooper fan. Yeah, well, I just, I just, I could just see. Uh, it didn't need a narrative. It could just be nice and visual. Lots of effort. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. The way we could pick and choose stuff, so we didn't have to worry about building a story. Uh, but then um, we were at the lakes in 2013, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sort of like late 2013. So this would be about six months after Judgment had gone online. Yeah, we've been at the screening, perhaps. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably a screening. Oh, right. Okay. And, and John Wagner asked us if we fancy doing Strontium Dog. I think he might have been joking. He might have been joking. <laughs> but you, 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 you didn't take it as a joke. You really can't tell with John. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, it's a uh, slice. John asking us. Yeah. Uh, so um, I mean, we were. I mean, we we said like yes. I mean, I think it was just because uh, I mean, even then when we said yes, we'd do it. We then said yeah, but we're going to do it as a trailer. You would do it as a. A joke Barclay card advert, I think. Yeah, it was kind of like the the cost of strontium. So like, oh, I mean, so the economics of strontium. Yeah, so it's all like you know, time bombs would cost this, electronics would cost this per charge, you know, that sort of thing. So it would be so you know, there'd be Johnny Alpha sort of fighting on top of a train, and you know, that sort of, and the happy stick would be sort of like free of charge, Mm. yeah, sort of thing. Which kind of like there's a little bit of a remnant of that in in the film Mm -hmm. uh, where Wolf's you know moaning about the cost of the time bombs. and then we sort of did it, and I, I don't know why we decided to do a film. Was it, you know, we thought, it, you know, it'd be easier to get into film festivals if it was uh, a... Yeah, it may have been that. I think it was that, you know. So we, so we said, like, oh, we're going to do it, but it's only going to be a 10-minute short. Yeah. Right. And it's 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So. And you pack a lot into that 20 minutes because you've got, as you say, you've got to pick and choose in a way from the history of mm. Strontium Dog and write your own story. But there's all... I mean, I don't think there's. Are there any particular stories that you were using? Because it seems there's like... a little bit. There's a little bit. The I mean, like the the gunfighter is kind of like um, Death's Head. The uh, uh, the Willie Blanco story. Oh right, yes. Yeah, like Duncan Pies, I'm calling you out, and he's yeah. got he's got two arms. Yeah. It was going to be a bit more convoluted than that. We we sort of toyed with the idea of um, that it's basically norms setting up. The mutants, so they were basically fake mutants, right? Um, but it was getting a bit, you know. Dan goes, "No, that's just too confusing." Mm -hmm. uh, we, we were always like struggling a little bit between like, "Oh yeah, is that an alien or is that a mutant?" And mm -hmm. you know what, you know what they should look like. So we kind of, you know, stripped it back a little bit. You know, gave them the robot arms, and uh, so th there was a little bit of that. The Chuck Waller comes from uh, the Star Lord story, yes, mm -hmm. uh, with Billy Joe, uh, Two Faced Terror, uh, and. Yeah, there's just like you know, just a little sort of like cherry picks mm. of stuff. You know, there's you know specifically a line where I think we gave it, gave it to Durham Red, you know, or, or Midden Face, where it's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't kill you for that. Yes, yeah, uh, Midden Face, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and the end, that's that's taken straight from the story as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, that's from the very first sort of story where he right. gives the the money. Yeah, you know, gives the money to the uh, Johnny Alpha's yeah, always giving the money away. Yeah, <laughs> always giving, giving the money away. Yeah. Much to Wolf's disgust. Yeah. So. You've got Edmund Dane comes back as a villain, which is great. Yeah. You've got obviously the fans again, several recognisable faces. Yeah. Got to quickly shout out how lovely it was to see Dave Evans as yeah. Um sad loss to us all. Mm. And then you've got Matthew Simpson and Kevin Horsham yeah. as Johnny and Wolf. Yeah. Again, you found those through the actors' websites, did you? Yeah. And we uh, we approached them the same day, same way we did Edmund. We put our document together. Obviously, this time we could say and look at judgment. This is what we did before, right? And we, and we courted them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's useful. To, I mean, if you've got a film saying like, "Yeah, this is what we've done," and we've, you know, we've self-funded it, and mm. that's it. And at the time, I don't know what kind of views Minty had had at the time, mm. but it was in the hundreds of thousands. Mm. And uh, you know, I think we said like, "Yeah, it's not dread. We we don't, you know, expect to get the same sort of amount mm. of views, but uh, you know, th this is the character. You know, we, we did. You know, you you do these sort of like pitch uh, sort of documents where, mm. you know, it kind of just." Gives a, a sort of like a potted history of, you know, what's involved and uh, and that's it. Okay, and you did, and I know from the behind the scenes bits, you've done fight training with them and all sorts. Oh yeah, that was, that was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was a bit of a shame really because we worked it all out when it was beautifully choreographed. Uh, and then we got to the actual location and it was these big pebbles and everyone sort of stumbling around on them. <laughs> it was easier for them to fall, but the actual, yeah. they were going, we, can't, slow, we, can't, we can't get around the same way, sort right. of thing. Yeah, it, it, it was just like kind of wading through treacle a bit. Mm. And me as well, sort of like, you know, filming it. It's uh, just kind of like slowed everything down. Stumbling and tripping. Yeah. Mm. And unfortunately a few space cabbages were killed in the... Yes. Uh, Where was this? Th this was a Dungeness. Right. Um, so it's uh, a place... Um, by Marconi's, Marconi's radio shed, mm. so where Marconi did um, experiments. Right. Uh, and it was a kind of, we were basically looking for, A, it's a desert, mm. and we need some kind of building that mm. looks Western-ish. Yeah. Hang on, brilliant, uh, that'll, that'll do. That'll do. Um, and uh, we went down there, and it's right by Dungeness uh, Power Station, nuclear power station. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit desolate sort of yeah. thing. And the, uh, our... Heavy armed police sort of uh, yeah. presence down there right, so we're right. all there with this ray gun saying so going you know <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were more worried about you know drones and something yeah. like have you got a drone you know, no you can't you've definitely drone. got a drone so no <laughs> drones I mean I, I did try sticking a GoPro on a stick to get one shot and it was terrible so you yeah. know sort of, I kind of wish I had a drone for that but uh, it would have blown yeah. away on that day it would, it would have yeah. blown away it was yeah well the first day was uh, very rainy and very windy and uh, you know we, we kind of yeah, if you look at this, if you look at the fights, the wide shot was when we first we basically shot it in mm. kind of like three main sort of passes. So we did a, a wide shot, and then a, a sort of close up shot following Johnny, yeah, and a, another close up shot sort of following Wolf, and then just let Tony uh, have some sort of edits, sort of you know around that, and then there was a few sort of isolated shots. I think like when you know Wolf brings the hammer down on mm. uh, you know on somebody. So it's. Uh, it was fun, but yeah, the the weather was a it was a pain. Sort of, mm. we were, we just basically sat in the pub mm. until it got less torrential, and right. it, it was still raining a little bit, 
at the start of it, and then it, it brightened up, and it was all it was all fine after that. Mm-hmm. And Conrad and I have talked about transferring the look of comic book characters to screen can be quite challenging mm-hmm. as to what will work on the page uh, and what works on screen. Johnny and Wolf, they look perfect. Mm. Now you've got Johnny's suit and Johnny's helmet, both of which are complicated, aren't they? Yes. Well, Steve, Lear, Steve and Dan Lears with uh, Carlos on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we did a few versions. Uh, so like originally Dan was sort of sculpting uh, analogue. Yeah, you know, a traditional sort of sculpt, and he saw I did that one. And I go, oh, that needs to shift. And go, yeah, oh yeah, but that you know needs. And by that, at that point, sort of three D printers were sort of becoming commercially available. So um, you know, we looked into sort of like the cost of getting it three D printed. Go, oh yeah, that's we might as well buy one. Right. So I mean, still, you know, I don't know, there's about two grand or mm. fifteen hundred or something like that. Uh, so it's still, you know, a, a lot of money. But basically, it was like you know. Uh, you get to keep it, Dan. You know, right. so uh, did a few versions. Like Dan did one where he kind of like updated it, and it was all a bit more angular and a bit more sort of manufactured. And you could hear Carlos, or, you know, he didn't even Carlos didn't even <laughs> say it <either>. No. <laughs> uh, so you know, I, I you know I went back and said like you know because I you know, cause I, you know, I do three D and uh, so I, I did like a few versions. I did one which was like even closer to the early ones where it was a bit more bulbous and but it was a bit too much. And um, then I, you know, I looked at uh, the concept that Carlos had done for a pilot, yeah, a TV series, and not, that didn't happen. And I thought, yeah, that's because it had been scaled. I don't know whether Carlos had intentionally scaled it back a bit, but I go, oh yeah, well, if Carlos has already drawn it. You know, it was aimed for a, a TV sort of thing, so I'll, I'll match that as you know as, as close as, as as possible. I think the only thing we didn't have was the uh, the cod piece. You know, because yeah, yeah. uh, people people get you know. The heebie-jeebies about, <laughs> the, about the Stallone film. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, we we pretty much copied that uh, exactly, and uh, we got uh, Victoria from the Ultimate Leathers. Yeah, sort of like. Yeah. Um, sort of like to, to do the undersuit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, yeah. it pigskin sword? Yeah. yeah. Is Because like basically, I mean, the the thought was it needed to be matte rather than sort of shiny leather yeah. sort of thing. Although, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, I'd be interested to see what it would look like with, say, like the Carl Urban leathers, because that's all kind of patchwork and yeah. a bit Carlos. I mean, uh, that in green, I think, would work quite well. Okay. But I, I think it was a kind of like, you know, you know th- this is the budget that you, know, you sort of like working mm-hmm. to. And I, I kind of tweaked colours a little bit where I wanted to be a bit more earthy, dusty, you know, sort of thing. So I tweaked colours in the grey, so the, the, the suit in real life is a bit more bottle green. And mm-hmm. by the time I get it onto... You know, right. onto you know, actually in the edit, I can sort of go, I can make that a bit, you know, a bit more like an olive, right? You know, sort of colour. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was not. I mean, like Carlos was a joy to mm. you know to talk with and yeah. sort of like natter about, you know, sort of stuff. And uh, you know, we got this sort of photo of him, sort of like you know, I took took the helmet down to him at uh, Ice Comic Con, I think it was mm. in Birmingham. And uh, you know, he put the helmet on. You know. <laughs> John sitting next to him. You know, <laughs> we got some good. We got some good uh, uh, to with uh, John as well, didn't we? Because we asked about uh, the voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. About how, what he should sound. What Johnny Alpha sounds like. Yeah. 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 So you know, he he basically said sort of Daniel Craig, sort of kind of well spoken, sort right. of. Uh, so uh, you know, you know, gave that to Matt and. Uh, because you know, Johnny's a Salisbury boy, but I, I didn't really see him having a West Country accent. <laughs> um, I mean, he picked the uh, mid-in face for us as well, because we, yeah. like, we had three guys oh, yes. send us like uh, little screen tests, and we sent them off to John to pick one. And he yeah. picked the one that sounded most like mid-in face. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Conrad, the look of the well, characters, they look great, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really, um, I mean, Search and Destroy especially is so much just the comic, mm. feels like just the comic on the, on the page, and is full of all the little again all the little references and stuff especially that like that first doghouse scene where just all the you know all if if you know the 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 characters and 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 the comics then i know i was just like oh that's kidney you know? yeah. like whoa like oh man look at mid and face all his lumps are like pulsating yeah. i never <laughs> thought of that you know I mean, they were they were an expensive uh, yeah. you know, expensive cameos cameos Spending so much money on this just for, for someone who's going to just fly by. Yeah. Sort of thing. yeah, I mean, I did even think, should we bring him back at the end just to get our money's worth? <laughs> you know? But the, uh, yeah, because I mean, like Ben Mars did a great job on mid and faces lumps, mm-hmm. yes. sort of thing. And, 
Yeah, that was that was a tricky one because we filmed that in two uh, two separate shots. So like, basically, a guy who played Harvey couldn't make the shoot for the the bolts, but we thought, oh well, we can probably work around that because it's mainly just just on him. And then uh, Adam had an allergic reaction and came up in actual lumps <laughs> oh, a, no. a week before we were supposed to do the group shoot. So actually he was shot separately from the, he was shot at the same time as we shot Guy. And I, because it was a green screen, I just sort of cut and pasted him. But it's just like, yeah, you know, you, you just come out of hospital, you know, after an allergic reaction, you know, so like we can't be sticking latex on you, <laughs> you know, on your head. So, uh, you know, we sort of bummed that. And it worked out okay, but it was, uh, it was just that kind of, we seem to have a bit of that with. Yeah. We had like a double booking with the cabin scene as well, where we were supposed to be in the bigger studio and the studio double booked. Uh, so the cabin barely fit. Right. Yeah. That, was, that was Karen doing the, uh, Karen Shaw doing the, uh, on that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was annoying because it meant I couldn't light the green screen. Right. Because it, cause it would be too sort of overlit everywhere. They just made it, a, you know, it's that sort of thing where again, this isn't my fault, but it's going to make more work for me. Make your job harder. Yeah, right. so, but and also challenges because uh, actors sometimes get ha- haircuts during midway. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Kevin uh, playing Wolf has a haircut <laughs> at some point, doesn't he? Uh, well, he actually had shorter hair at the beginning. Oh right, okay. Uh, and then he sort of, he he's grown it. So the first shot was the compound stuff, which is down at Fort Borstal, mm-hmm. uh, and he had a kind of it was long at the front and kind of like. You know, sort of short at the back, kind of hipster wolf, yeah, sort of thing. And we go, all right, you know. So we kind of thought he would be sticking with that, and then he's going, all right, as long as it's consistent. But then by the time it came to Dungeness, he's actually got, and Dungeness was perfect, and he yeah. go, oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, so all right, you know, and then we did, we end up doing some pickup, there's longer still, and it's like. <laughs> Uh, so we, we did make some sort of cracks about oh yeah it's all that mucking about with time bombs and time yeah, drogues and yeah, things like yeah. that you know. and, uh, plays havoc with the old follicles yeah. we did the, like emotional shots at the same time and, and Matt had had a good beard for a part and we couldn't ask you know it was a good part so we couldn't ask him to shave it off yeah. so we had to like photoshop that out sort right. of thing yeah. one of the challenges mm. I, I mean I actually quite like Wolf's cropped haircut and of course Carlos as you say, heavily involved. He did that beautiful sort of yeah. illustration of the both and with the short hair. Yeah, and, yeah. and it looked, and you know, of course it's Carlos, it looks fantastic, yeah. doesn't it? And there was 3D models made of those as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, there's, uh, there's a place called My 3D Twin uh, and they they kind of do the kind of like family, sports, business sort of things where you, you basically go in and there's, there's a process called photogrammetry where there's 100 cameras all in a kind of an array around you. Right, and you're basically sort of there, and it just sort of takes a photo, mm-hmm. and then computers do their magic, and they basically create the three D model. Create a three D model, you know. So we had that. I mean, it was mainly because we wanted one for the uh, the skimmer scenes on you know on the bikes. So we had like a you know an actual three D model of the, of the character, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, at the time I was like, oh, you know, we're here. Yeah. How much does it cost? Oh yeah, that's not too bad. And oh, okay. uh, so, so we had that, and we could we could get like a three D print that we could get made. And, you know, uh, 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 Lee Shepherd. Yeah, and we had uh, two so, sets done. Yeah, we had two sets. So I think like one set went to Carlos, and then one set went to the respective actors. Yeah. Sort of, uh, so they've got an action figure of themselves. Yeah, yes. they've got a little action figure of themselves. And, and a big life size cutout as well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Conrad, what do you make of Search Destroyer? Oh man, <laughs> I mean. Honestly, even more than Judge Menti, Search Destroy is really like, <clears throat> it feels like what I like about Strontium Dog, sort of, you know, in one concentrated place. You know, you got the stuff, like I said, with, with, with the doghouse and seeing all these characters. Even little stuff like, um, there's the scene where they're, where they're traveling to the job and it's just them, you know, in, the, in, their, in their room on the ship and just... Be you know a montage of being bored because <laughs> they're forced to be in there you know because of because Johnny's a mutant or whatever is really great and really picks up parts of stuff that you you know that you see in the comics and stuff. I love that you know you get all of the all the time weapons mm-hmm. in that, which I think is an underrated or is a part that is such a key part of Strontium Dog that I think is you know it wouldn't be a Strontium Dog film if you didn't have that stuff. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know whether we. we I, th- I think we made a list of sort of stuff that we wanted to sort of be yeah, in there. Yeah. I think. I think the the one thing we found a little bit of a challenge was, it's like the uh, like the pitch guy sort of meeting. It's like uh, Johnny becomes 
super easy, barely an inconvenience, if you right. know, because yeah. he's got like so many powers. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and I think there's also the challenge, or something I thought was interesting was I think um, like how 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 to explain how some of these things work. Yeah. Like I mean, that that, that was the one we we kind of struggled a little bit with. I mean, we get basically Wolf doing a bit of exposition. Yeah. You know, you know, I send them into next week. Or yeah, you know, uh, that's the beauty, isn't it? You go, well, why doesn't he use a time run all the time? Yeah, and you think, because they're very expensive. Right? <laughs> that's right. No, that was, yeah, that was yeah. definitely a good setup. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting with the with the fan with the fan film generally. I guess you have to assume that most people have a vague idea yeah, exactly, of yeah. the characters already, because I, I I I noticed that that both of these films lack the 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 first character that appears in. All the actual like, or in, in the in the Hollywood dread movies, the yeah. narrator explaining and sort of the situation going into things. You yeah, know? I mean there was, I mean because I I think John suggested opening with the kind of traditional dialogue, whereas like you know it's two two one eighty or whatever, and you yeah. know there's been nuclear war and like criminals scum the universe, blah blah blah. No there's a lot of set, the there's actually a lot of setup for Strontium Dog when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Like it's the future. There's mutants. They are bounty hunters. Yeah. Also, there's time stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, I think that's the beauty. We try to go for, yeah. we always try and really minimise the exposition, just build it up as we go along. A little, a little comment here, a little, you know, nuance there. I mean, there's stuff in there. I mean, like at the end, I mean, I don't know how many people get it or, or don't get it, but the whole Johnny activating the time grenade and whether the, like the colonel hearing that scream, that's actually the colonel's own scream. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's actually sort of... Um, basically setting things up like Johnny's eyes glow red when he's using his x-ray right, stuff yeah. so he's seeing that and it's a bootstrap paradox that's, and, and that's how he knows it works yeah so it's it's kind of that sort of thing where like you know you know we, we try and think all these things through and give it a bit of a in case anyone know, asks yeah in case anyone <laughs> asks. so it looks fantastic the performance is fantastic the film and everything is just wonderful did did you I mean on this one did you manage to get right all the things you wanted to get right with Minty uh, or was no. there still? <laughs> no, no, it was it was it was it was uh, less bad. In, right. in that you know, we had, we weren't you, we we didn't have quite enough time to film things. I think the main thing was just not setting up the sets. You know, basically we filmed through like say two days at a location, but we really could have done with two days before that to set everything up. Whereas we were basically setting stuff up while we try to talk to the actors and get everything up up and running. Um, it's like that, you know, having extra people to do it. So, I mean, like the Chuck Waller cage, I, I would have loved to have had. I don't know why we didn't have the skeleton from. I know we filmed that first, but if we'd had the skeleton from the Dungeoness sort of yeah. stuff, well, that would have been a nice bit of set dressing. Right, but, you yeah. know, we kind of obviously didn't sort of plan or, you know. Also, I mean, the problem is, is like, if you've got all these body parts, you've got to get rid of them at some yeah. point. And it's like, it's not the sort of thing that you could just stuff in the. <laughs> You know, in the rubbish. In the rubbish. Or, or in the there's well, no re, there's no recycling bin. You know, whenever, we, whenever we went for lunch, we had to leave somebody on the beach with the uh, skeleton. In right. case somebody just thought, why is there a skeleton why in the middle of the beach? Yeah, we had we had like a dog walker and like a dog <laughs> sniffing around, going, "Oh my god!" You know, I thought like you know, Christmas had come all at once. You know, so I've got first a whole five, skeleton here. First five minutes of any uh, police procedural. Yeah, <laughs> just had visions of this dog dragging the skeleton away, trying you know. Launch after it. It's quite funny in uh, Dungeness because we were told, you know, uh, the people around here are quite private. That's why they come in this area, sort of thing. So you know, try not to get in the way. So we were we were filming and we saw this guy in his sort of like uh, dressing gown, looking up, cup sort of tea, of a mug of tea. Oh, no, yeah. he, he, he said in the past they've just come and stood in the set because you can't do anything about it. And we're going, he's looking and he's going, oh, what are you doing here? He says, oh, we're making a fan film. Uh, it's based on uh, the two thousand E character Strontium Dog. Oh, yes, of course it is. There's Johnny, there's Wolf. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Fantastic. Oh, good. Oh. Well, com. it's up there. And uh, it played at several comic festivals and film festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sort of fan films have had a bit of a sort of like funny sort of like past 10 years, I guess. So, I mean, when we did Minty, it was probably the sweet spot because the Dread film had come out. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, because... Genre stuff is like even more saturated. So I mean, I guess like Iron Man sort of started about two thousand and nine. So mm -hmm. you've got, I mean, I don't think there's many people doing Marvel fan films. Um, I remember, yeah, cause there was a, I, 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 I think it was a whole thing, like an, an era for it in like the yeah. early two thousands or yeah. something. I think maybe, yeah, once, once, 
they started really making the Marvel movies now, like yeah. the the niche is filled, is filled yeah. sort of. And there's, and that, there's also been the sort of things where you know people like raise huge amounts of money for to make something and then not made it, yeah. or the copyright holder has sort of like shut them down, saying like, no, if you're raising a million dollars to make this kind of fan film, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, yeah. we're never really interested in doing a fan film based on another film right. it was always going to be an adaptation we were always interested in like how can we bring this off the page and what would it look like on screen basically we made these because we wanted to see them right mm-hmm. I, think, I mean because at the time we started Judgmental we didn't even know about the no. the, car, the 2012 yeah. uh, film um, you know so it was that, that was like you know news to us yeah <laughs> when we sort of did it and we were going oh, well, been, too deep, it, been too deep by then yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that was I mean I don't know whether we because I mean we we obviously had like some contact with uh, Alex Garland, you know. Mm. We just we were very sort of like you know wary of mm. saying like oh we don't want to be shut down or. It, you know. it did say some nice things in the press. Yeah. It got you know boosted the interest a lot. Right. And there's the uh, Minty is the law on the wall during yes. one of the scenes. That's a. Uh, right. I think you know it's like that's why you kind of want people to kind of like pull together and not yeah. everybody, you know, doing off going off doing their own sort of mm. thing. It, it's kind of fine if you've got a massive sort of. Corporation, you know, mm. well, yeah, they're big enough to do it, but when it's like, you know, plucky indie British mm. sort of thing, <laughs> it's like you haven't got time to be sort of having these little spats and sort of, you know, just kind of like kind of work together and, and all get on, right. you know. But uh, we had like this the sage advice to you. Oh, yeah, finish it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> basically, we saw him in the pub, uh, it was after the screening, wasn't it? Yeah. I went up to him, so I just want to say thank you for uh, all your uh, all your help and talking about it and stuff. And all he said to me was, "Oh yeah, could you finish it?" <laughs> <laughs> Which has been uh, worse to live by since, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, they're both fantastic. I oh, mean, the, on behalf of the fans, they're just wonderful. Well done. And I know John and Carlos couldn't have been more proud of uh, you know Search Destroyer. They were yeah. really. They couldn't love it more, could yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a sort of like. A, you know, like a dream come true to sort of like yeah. to you know to chat with Carlos and sort yeah. of like and sort of like do right by Carlos. You know, because yeah. you see all you know all these sort of things where oh it only, you know, almost got me oh, yeah. or you know you know like you know going back as far as the, you know the pilot and you you hear all these things, but uh, you know even if it's a sort of like a low budget and it's like that, okay here's here's what Johnny Alpha might look like on screen, right? You know, and mm. sort of uh, and, and for Carlos to, you know and John to you know and Alan as well, you yeah. know of course to uh, you know, to give it a thumbs up, yeah. you know, yeah. the same with Judgmenti, it's, you know. So it reminds me when we showed it to John, this sort of partially finished version, nearly finished version, it was at like uh, the Everyman in Leeds, and I'd, I'd, uh, I'd created like a Galactic Groats as tokens. I was there. Oh yes, yes for, uh, to give to people, to redeem them with, against a drink, and uh, halfway through the people who were running it went, no one's redeeming the drinks. I said, why not? He says, and we asked people, says, oh, we wanted to keep them as souvenirs. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was there at that one, yeah, yes, yes, fantastic, and John was there, yeah. Great stuff. I mean, the obvious question from the fans will be, and this will probably make your shoulders slump, will there be any more? I was just going to slam the door there. No, no, no and yes, as in me and Steve, basically, along the lines of we didn't want to get anyone else involved because of, because of all the, won the money and just the logistics of it all, we've sort of, piece together a fun little thing haven't we Steve? Yeah, yeah. We got we have got stuff that, you know, I, I could sort of like I could do something with. Um it's just me being kind of like in the mood to to do it and uh you know it's 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 that sort of thing, you know, where you know, you hear what other people are doing and you go, Oh well let them do it. Yeah. So it's sort know. of a, a rogue trooper world based thing, oh, isn't it? Okay. Yes. Basically starts starts with all these projects. Dan makes a helmet. Right. That's a helmet. Let's make a film about it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I've, I have got a talk Marder helmet, but I'm not going to do anything no, with it. You know, it's just like, oh, that's too contentious. Um, but yeah, it's, I think I think we've we've done the sort of uh, the kind of the, the scope of like different helmets. You know, we've, we've done the Judge Dread one. You know, we've you know, done the Strontium Dog one. We've got this Rogue Trooper one. It's only going to be like. Two minutes maximum, though. It's, a, it's yeah. just a joke. Definitely, right? unless I slow it down. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just going to do it in slow motion for like twenty minutes. It's, it's your twenty minutes. Oh, the, uh, the uh, Garth Marenghi principle. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, any scene without dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been fantastic talking to you, gents, about these two wonderful films, which, as we say, are widely available to watch. 
I'm guessing everybody's listening has probably seen them. Go and watch them again because they're so good. Um, guest projects, you're working with co-creator of Judgmenty Character. You're working with Mick McMahon on a comic. Yes. Do you want to tell us about Joe and his killer robot dad? Well, Joe and his killer robot dad, it was, uh, I think it was something that we came up with whilst we were working on these projects along the lines of we're getting all the, we're dealing with these IPs that we can't really do anything with but we're getting this skill set of how to promote and how to create narratives and you know how to you know adapt them to different formats and stuff and we just thought wouldn't it be good to just do something of our own you know and uh, we sort of worked with you know we sort of came up with the idea of like it's I think we got a review recently saying it was it was a positive review saying it was well trodden ground and it's like it is well trodden ground but you know what can we do it in the same way as like in 2008 how can we just put a bit of a dark spin on it, sort of thing? It's a it's a comic book that's aimed for like, you know, preteens and above, sort of thing, and it's done in a different way. In that, uh, it's Mick McMahon uh, uh, sort of creates all the uh, concept work for the characters, and then Steve creates three D models of all the characters, and then we use those. Then goes back to Mick, and Mick creates thumbnail layouts for the entire narrative. And then I render them out using the models. It's a, it's an interesting way of doing stuff. It's it's similar to some animation, but it's uh, it using it for a comic. Also means you know we can do like you know little bits of animation because yeah. we already have you know models for characters and right. uh, things like that. So which is quite useful for promotional sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's kind of um, just seeing you know what what kind of works and yeah. uh, you know without having our hands tied as mm. to how we can promote it we can kind of just like please ourselves mm. and uh, you know and do it so uh, yeah we're sort of uh, Sam Reed who's doing the script he's uh, doing the script writing the script um, me, me do words good yeah <laughs> uh, yeah he, he's sort of kind of like you know doing an over uh, an overall arc for issue two and three right I think that's what I like the plan is and uh, you know go back to that and then whether Mick needs to you know do more concepts and mm. so there's just like a lot of back and forth with mm. it and whether I need to do new 3D what 3D 3D models I need to do right um, and yeah. you have great presence at conventions because you know the stand really looks great yeah you know that's something we can do right you <laughs> <laughs> can do that now yeah you've learned the skill set so that's Joe and his killerrobotdad.com and again I'll put all the links to all these in the show notes and up on the website um, go and check it out and will we be seeing you with Joe and his killer robot dad at Lawless, or uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, I think oh, we'll, we'll be down there, but yes. not not just. Not a, it'd be nice to do a show as a punter because yeah. I mean we've we've done sort of, we've done Lawless before, but obviously we sort of did it as kind of like part of Planet Replicas or mm. promoting Strontium Dog or Judgmenty. So right. it'd be quite nice to do one where we can just go to the bar yeah. and, and, and not worry about having to <laughs> pack up a you know a table. Yes. Right. I'll take a big van full of stuff with us. Yeah. <laughs> Carrying stuff is sort of like, yeah. It's a game, game for the young. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you might be back in a quarry at some point. Oh, we, 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 we've been in quarry. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. we, we did some of the uh, Rogue Trooper World stuff in a quarry. Right. And, uh, it was a very nice quarry. It was a good quarry. I can recommend it. Did you have better yeah. cars this time? N- no. Not quite. <laughs> no. We had to go up. Uh, we had problems with locks again. Yeah. It seems to be a recurring theme, like problems with locks, Steve knackering his leg, right. you know, sort of, uh, yeah. And the direct time to go and get the sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, 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 I want to say I've definitely seen that Judge Minty quarry in other movies now. Oh, yes, yeah, it was, uh, it was um, Clash of the Titans yeah. uh, reboot, sort of. It's, uh, one of the, it's, it's where I have one of those, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> It was weird because I mean we we did the recce and it was uh, completely different to the place where we actually ended up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the bit with the the Helamania. Yeah, yeah. Don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, the uh, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> uh, the the cave uh, uh, was a complete. It was more like a kind of railway arch. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing where we looked at originally, and then when we got there, said, "Oh no, you're over in this bit." And you're, oh right, okay. Yeah. And you go, oh, oh that 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 kind of you know the bit where Edmund walks down. It's got yeah. the Land Raider, and they go. Yeah, that looks brilliant. That's even better than the, <laughs> the, the one that we had. So uh, yeah, that, that, that was cool. But uh, making stuff on the making stuff up on the spot, the the water, little pool of water. We know that was going to be there. We just right. went, let's put some rocks around it. This is what is spotted. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of like you know, you 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 try and plan as much as you can. 
but you've got to improvise a lot of the time, you, you know, because, yeah. right. you know, somebody will throw a curveball, you know, mm-hmm. at you, it's, uh, um, yeah, it's... It, it, in, it's the, uh, in the town in Judge Minty where we're running out of time, and it's where they go to the shrine and it all explodes, and I think that was Steve going, uh, we're running out of time, and Oh, it just explodes. <laughs> I'll do it later, sort of thing. I'll, I'll, yes, that'll work. Well, that was, I mean, the shrine was great. I mean, a lot of that was already, it there. Was already there. It was already yeah. there. It was basically, we called it the dark place. It was a, basically the basically the kind of spare room where they shoved all their crap at Magna. Oh, right. Uh, so, the, I mean, there was there was a really, like, death trappy sort of looking, kind of like being flooded sort yeah. of steps. So we go, that's great, but there's no lighting. I'm not going down yeah. there. Um <laughs> But like Dan and um, Barry Renshaw, you know, who did the storyboards, yeah. you know, sort of, uh, you know, sort of, uh, they, they kind of like did a lot of set dressing and sort right. of, you know, which is, you know, they, they did a fantastic job sort of uh, in that. And uh, and also shout out to Connor as well, who yeah. did storyboards on uh, Connor Boyle. Oh, Connor, yeah. Okay. Uh, he did storyboards on um, on Strontium Dog and, uh, yeah, he did, he did a fantastic job, very cinematic sort yeah. of. Uh, you know, sort of uh, work, work on yeah, that. Yeah, we basically copied them for every frame, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of the time, I mean, because me and you both kind of like did storyboards where it's more kind of like, this is just the shot we need to take, you know, just to tick it off rather than adhering it, you know, adhering yeah. to it sort of like strictly. Um, so it was just a kind of like a box tick, mm. you know, sort of thing. But uh, And Barry had to do quite a lot of storyboards without even knowing what the location was. So. Yeah. Fantastic work. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for the two films. <laughs> thank you for giving up your afternoon uh, this Saturday here in London to come and do this. And we're going to perhaps go off and have something to eat now. Um, it's just been great fun. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Well, thank you. Until next time, I've been Eamon. I've been Steve. Conrad. Stephen. And we have been Mega City Film Club. Club.